Well, welcome to church, everybody. How many of you are excited to be here? How many, how many worshipers we got in here? Hey, we're going to continue to learn about worship today. You guys excited about that? Part two. I'm actually, we condensed it down to two parts instead of three because next week you're going to get to hear from Beth. She's going to teach y'all what hallelujah means. <laughs> hallelujah, but that's how we say it in Oklahoma. So we observed this lyric last week. We are an altar of broken stones, but you delight in the offering. And then we looked at 1 Peter 2.5 for the explanation, and it says, You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So when we got to this, I raised the question, well, what does it look like to offer acceptable sacrifices? What does that look like for us in the New Testament? So we looked to the Levites, which we defined as being kind of like Old Testament worship leaders. And so we went to Scripture to look at what their duties were, what made them, worship, what made them seem like worship leaders. Um, and the first thing that we saw in how they worshiped was with their priority. You guys remember that? That was a big topic last week. So they made it a priority to praise the Lord every morning and evening. And we thought, but wait, doesn't that look a little bit like legalism? to say, I got to worship every morning and evening. But we, what we determined is that it was actually discipline or to honor God with our priorities. Because when we align our priorities with God, we align ourselves to hear what he is trying to say. Now there's another thing that I want to observe in how the Levites worship God. So let's go back and read it. So it says, the duty of the Levites was to help Aaron's descendants in the service of the temple of the Lord, to be in charge of the courtyards, the side rooms, the purification of all sacred things, and the performance of other duties at the house of God. They were in charge of the bread set out on the table, the special flour for the grain offerings, the thin loaves made without yeast, the baking and the mixing, and all the measurements of quantity and size. That's a mouthful. If I were to highlight the key words in this one, it'd pretty much all be highlighted to get my point across here because what sometimes looks like a list of chores to us, it was worship to them. Do you see that? How many of you guys look at that and think that looks like a list of chores? But for, yeah, for sure. But to them, that was, that was worship. And so the next thing I want to look at and how the Levites honored God was with their perspective. I think that some things that look the, we, the least worshipful to us are actually the most worshipful to God. The way that they measured, the way they prepared, the way that they uh, served, that was worship. And you know, when you read this, it made me realize, you know, the real worship leaders in this church, it's not me. It's the people that are out sweeping, the people that are making coffee, the people back in the kids' class for sure. So, you know, let's just take a minute and let's just thank all the worship leaders in this church who just, yeah, let's thank them, who just show us what it means to worship by their serving. Guys, we're all worship leaders. I, just because I, I lead songs up here doesn't make me the worship leader of this church. I might be the worship of the, the music ministry, but we're all worship leaders in how we serve. So, you might think that it's sometimes just a chore or a task, but it's worship to God. So the final thing that we can see from this passage is how they honored God with their posture. How many of you guys would say you have good posture, physical posture? 
<laughs> so you guys are like, oh, maybe not. I don't have good posture. I don't sit very well. My shoulders are kind of slumped forward, and I might slouch down or put my legs up. But just like physical posture is important for the well-being of your neck or your back, it is in worship, too. And now you guys might be thinking, oh, no, he's going to tell me I need to raise my hands more. He's going to tell me I need to sing louder. But let's look at something. So when we go back to verse 30, they were also to stand every morning to thank and praise the Lord. So in verse 23 or verse 30, we can see that they were supposed to stand every morning and we could spend time to think about, well, what was the significance of this? Maybe it was for them to be at attention whenever the Lord was to speak. Or, I don't know, we could spend time looking at the significance, but then later in chapter 9, you see them bowing. So they all praised the Lord, the God of their fathers. They bowed down, prostrating themselves before the Lord and the King. I think that a lot of times we come into worship and wonder, what posture should we have? You know, should I do the half hand raise? Should I do the full? Maybe I should do both. Or maybe I should just do the, the hold the baby. John Chris has a really funny skit about that. But um, I think that we find the answer to our posture in worship when we go to Psalm 51, 16, and 17. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. You see, the posture that God is most worried about is not the one that the person next to you can see. It's in your heart. It's a heart that's bowed in trust and surrender. A broken heart that recognizes that its only hope is God. God does not despise your brokenness. This scripture tells us to bring it. God is a God of miracles. He can do a lot with brokenness, but what he can't work on is a proud heart. So we talked about perfection last week, but I want to tell you guys that God is never looking for our perfection. Sometimes we feel like we have to have it all together before we're worthy to come and worship, but he is not looking for our perfection. So when we talk about what is our acceptable sacrifice in 1 Peter, guys, it's Jesus. Like he is our acceptable sacrifice. He is that perfect sacrifice. He was the only acceptable sacrifice, and it's about his perfection, not our own. So when we go back to 1 Peter, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Jesus is that acceptable sacrifice that we offer. Aren't you guys glad that we don't have to be perfect to come and be in God's presence? Like they had to give those temporary sacrifices in the Old Testament because Jesus, the perfect sacrifice, hadn't come yet. So they had these temporary ones where they would come and they imagine if I just spread a tarp up here and I said, all right, bring your dog to church because you have to have your sins forgiven and you have to sacrifice one of your animals that's dear to you. So you'd come up here and you'd have a knife and you'd cut his throat and you'd kill him. And you'd say, thank you, God, for covering my sins. And that's what they did often, but it, w- it wouldn't be a dog. It would be like a sheep or... But Jesus is that acceptable sacrifice for us. And now we, because of what he did, we get to just come and we get to be in God's presence. We get to worship him any time of the day. So our role in worshiping is to give thanksgiving in return. A hallelujah from here below. That's how we give our presence to God. We give him our, our priorities so that we can hear him. 
We give him a joyful perspective in our serving so that his kingdom can be furthered. And we give him our posture by drawing near to him so that he can shine in our imperfections. So I want to take a minute, and I just want to pray. As we just think about Jesus as our acceptable sacrifice and how we can just give thanks back to him in return, how we can just live a life that is thankful and uh, that worships God for what he's done for us. And then we're going to take a minute to listen to that song that we listened to last week. So let's go ahead and pray. God, we just thank you so much for what you did through Jesus on the cross. God, he is our acceptable sacrifice. And I don't think that we could ever thank you enough. But God, we just want to come and we want to give you our priority because we want to hear from you. We want to hear how you're leading us. God, we want to give you our perspective. We want to be thankful and joyful in how we serve you, God, so that your kingdom can reach those that need you. And God, we just come in our brokenness and our imperfections, and we just know that it's only because of you, it's only you that, that we, can, we can live this life with, God. It's not, we can't do this on our own. And you're not looking for our perfection. So God, I thank you that as we just come in here every Sunday and we just come in to uh, just worship you as a corporate body, God, that you would just open our hearts to, to hear from you and to just have a greater understanding of what, what you truly did for us and how we can give thanks to you in return. So God, we thank you. Amen.